1: I before I get to my next guest, David Ogren, I want to give a shout out to our friends at the Ben Hogan Golf Company. When Ben Hogan founded his company in nineteen fifty three, his mission was to make the finest golf equipment in the world, and that remains their mission today. They forge every club they make, you know, to provide the feel and feedback investment clubs simply can't provide. And the craftsmen micromanufacture each club to your exacting specifications in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. You're only going to find Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company or Ben Hogan Golf Equipment at, online at benhogangolf.com and visit them online to learn about their great products and their great prices. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore
0: this segment of the
1: show is brought to you by the pga tour superstore see why
0: golfers everywhere are proud to
1: call pga tour superstore their golf pro shop visit them online at pga.toursuperstore.com. now back to chris and more of the show all right now back with me here on next on the t is former pga tour pro david ogren let me remind you about david's background he's from waukegan illinois which is about 35 miles north of chicago Played his college golf at Texas A&M, where he was a four-year letterman. He won the individual title at the 1976 All-American Juco Freshman Tournament and the 1979 Harvey Penick Intercollegiate Tournament. And he was named an All-American in 1978 and 79, graduated with his degree in economics, played on the PGA Tour from 1983 to 2000, played on the Champions Tour for a couple of seasons in 08 and 09, he won the 1996 Texas Open by defeating Jay Haas by one stroke and Tiger Woods by two. He also won a couple of times out on the South American Tour. Over the course of his PGA Tour career, he had 32 top 10 finishes and 86 top 25. After playing on tour, he's been the director of instruction at some courses around the states of Texas and Wyoming. He was also the director of instruction at the Top Golf there in San Antonio. Now runs his own golf school, the David Ogren Golf Academy in New Braunfels, uh, Texas, just outside of San Antonio. And I'm thrilled he is back again with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, David, thanks for coming back on the show.
0: Uh, thank you very much, Chris. I was just dying with some of Tom's stories about celebrities and such because we all have stories like that. So, okay, now that begs the question. You got to share yours now. Well, Roger Clements and I were to do a, a, um, a junior clinic for the first tee of San Antonio. Roger's a pretty good friend with uh, Billy Andrade. And so we're down there, and uh, we do an impromptu pitching contest. And the deal was, could Roger hit the target with a pitch, and could I hit it with a pitching wedge? And we had a fun time. And so my Roger Clements experience isn't that bad. And, uh, you know, he might have caught Tiger on some bad stuff. Of course, I've only seen Tiger um, within the confines of a golf course and within the safety of the ropes in the locker room. So Tiger Woods always been really cool to me, and uh, I actually hold Tiger in high regard.
1: So so you don't have to go the same route, right, with the same people. What are, what are some of the other celebrities you had an opportunity to to be around or athletes that? You had an opportunity to play alongside some of the good and some of the bad.
0: Well, a couple of years ago, um, Alice Cooper was in town in San Antonio, and he needed a place to play, and he needed a partner to play with. So I was working for the Alamo City Golf Trail, and my boss says, hey, can you go down to Breckenridge Park and play with Alice Cooper? And so I go down and play um, with Alice Cooper, and we're we're trying to get nine holes in, and a very rare, real thunderstorm hit. Uh, san antonio so we had to cut it short about five or six holes but i learned some really cool stuff for example alice is 72 years old i think he's been clean and sober for like 30 years he's been married to the same wife the whole time and he and his wow. band when they rehearse they rehearse for nine hours oh my Yeah. Okay. And so I learned a lot from Alice Cooper about preparation and practice and how um, um, doing, well, he he was in a 12-step, and, and, and taking those kind of things could really change your life. He was really cool. Uh, and, of course, I played at AT&T Pebble Beach um, with the likes of Willie McCovey, Willie Mays. Uh, I played with Daryl LaMonica. Had a blast with Daryl LaMonica. He, he, he was a lot of fun. Um, and then I uh, grew up a Cubs fan. I got to play golf uh, a few times with Ernie Banks, and Mr. Cub was uh, was a genuine person. Well, one of my favorite athletes. So I've I've had a very lucky life in, as far as that. And I can't remember any real jerk um, well, that have uh, uh, come across my, my my path. So I'm lucky like that. Yeah, no kidding. David, well, uh, maybe a it's, talk it's I it's know the uh, Texas thing. <laughs> so, <anyway. laughs> is that right i don't know david as we were
1: communicating before the show i know you had a you had a busy day talk about what you're doing right now and then the junior camps and the other things you've got going on
0: yeah you know we, we've we been living through a crazy time chris and uh i am a um a franchiser participant whatever it is of the pga junior golf camp program and it's, it's got the the brand name of the PJ of America on it. And it's run by Mark Haydad and, and a couple other people. And, uh, you know, coming out of the, the COVID-19 thing here in Texas, we're out a little bit earlier and a little bit freer than some of the other parts of the country. So we didn't know what was going on. And this is week one this week. We had five kids this week. Next week, we're going to have like 14 kids in camp which is actually capacity plus two. Fortunately I got the space to space them out and do all that stuff. And it's been very hot down here, so uh by the time noon gets here and we're done with the, the camp, um I'm pretty wasted and then today I, I got another four lessons I gotta I gotta give and uh just one right after another. And it's really a blast to see sort of my my hard work and trying to be a good coach finally come to fruition it's it's kind of fun and david you you
1: sort of mentioned you know everything that's going on in the COVID 19 and all that sort of thing i wanted to get your opinion as a guy who played out on tour for about 25 years you think about the pga tour and the, the time on the champions tour and with with anything going on with COVID 19 whether it's playing in a tournament and everybody else that's involved in a tournament even if there were no fans you still got volunteers and tournament officials and all the caddies and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, once we get to a place where we start to let fans come back and and be a part of the game as well, would any of that, and anything that's been going on, would they give you pause? Would you be nervous about any of that?
0: Me personally, if I was, uh, well, I'm I'm pretty good friends with Jimmy Walker and Jimmy has been faithfully and very quietly quarantining himself here uh, in Texas. And, He got his little test kit and, you know, had the thing jammed up his nose and got his negative so he can go up to the Colonial and play. Um, Would anything bother me? No, I would have no pause whatsoever, to be honest with you, Um, especially this far along. I honestly thought at this point in this crisis that we would have been a lot worse shape than we are. I know New York got hit, um, and I know some other places got hit really hard. And I can't, I don't have the explanation for why, but I just think uh, it just, it ended up not being as brutal as I, as I honestly thought it was going to be eight weeks ago. For the folks down in Texas, you mean? Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, I kept looking for spikes here in San Antonio. I mean, um, you know, we, we, we had the stay at home thing and, we did that, and then we kind of let the, the screws out a little bit. Memorial Day weekend, it was almost business as usual around Texas. Well, that's two weeks ago. I posted this one time. I try to stay out of this crap on on the on the, on the uh, social media. But I said, if you're going to see this, you're going to see it now. Here it is 16 days later after Memorial Day, and there's just no appreciable spike in and around San Antonio. And, mm-hmm. um it's kinda of surprising, kinda of pleasing. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's not real, but uh kind of fizzled here and it's uh and I don't know, it's not gonna come back. I don't know any of that. It's just that the where you are gives you a whole different perspective on everything we've gone through the last three months.
1: David, I wanna get your thoughts on something else that we've seen here recently, and that's in the in the two whatever you want to call it, you know, the, the match that we had uh, last week. And then the, you know, the four guys out playing essentially in the game prior to that, we've, we've got to see players in short. That's something I've been asking for the last few weeks to get an opinion on. Um, if you were playing out on tour, like the shorts, don't like the shorts.
0: Oh gosh. Now, now I'm going to sound like a get off my lawn guy. Uh, I would rather <laughs> see the guys stick to slack. Thank you.
1: Yeah. You're, uh, I
0: mean, you like the
1: the, um, the professionals in the slack?
0: Well, yeah, I do. Now, uh, right. well, there is a reason why the entire time Dean Beeman was the commissioner, there was no shorts allowed. There was a real reason Dean was adamantly opposed to it, and it's really a weird story because every year they'd have the uh, tournament directors down to Ponte Vedra and they play a scramble stuff, and so Dean's playing with this dude, and he's in his short, and he reaches over to pick the ball out of the hole. And the and the, and he could see the jewel. And Dean was just Ooh. Yeah. Dean was is just afraid that somebody's gonna show up in shorts and they're gonna go down and get the ball and you know, it, they're gonna get a clear shot at something. And it's like uh I remember Dean telling me the story and it was like he, he he didn't even think it was funny. I thought it was funny. And uh <laughs> there was a real reason why Dean was so opposed, and of course he trained Tim Fincham. Uh, and yeah. Tim kind of kept that along, and now we'll see what Jay does.
1: All right. Good reason. I understand. David, I was looking out on your Twitter page, and, folks, you can follow David on Twitter, at D. Ogren, and, and you posted a quote from Jack Nicholas that says, ask yourself how many shots you would have saved if you always developed a strategy before you hit, always played within your capabilities, never lost your temper, and you never got down on yourself. Talk about why you put that out there.
0: Well, that's primarily for the couple three dozen really good college, high school, a couple mini tour players that I coach. And the common misperception of a tour player is that we're robots, that we hit the exact same shot every time. It always goes where we want. And therefore, um, you know, we always keep our cool. Well, I have played with everybody. I mean, literally, I played everybody from Sam Snead to Anthony Kim at one point. And everybody hits a foul ball. It's how you handle your foul ball that really make a difference in how, you, how well you end up playing. It's really easy to play golf when you drive it down the fairway and hit it next to the hole. It's hard to shoot a golf score when you're in the rough, in the trees, putting from 35 feet, having to chip a, a whole bunch of times. And so I got to watch Jack Nicklaus up close and personal a few times. And I I borrowed the quote from somebody else, so I'm assuming the quote is accurate. So I'm making a big assumption. But that's exactly how Jack played. I remember watching Jack play the Houston Open. I mean, why would Jack play the Houston Open? I don't know. But I went around when I was in college and watched him play at the Woodlands. And he never really hit a really good shot for nine holes the drives were okay and the irons were kind of okay and he had a bunker shot and he got it out about eight feet or something and i looked up on the on the scoreboard and he shot 33 and i'm going how did he wow. do that right and then when yeah. i thought about it he went through his procedure he made his plan he hit his shot he hit it pin high um he never made a mistake tactically He made a couple of um, mistakes with the shot and he just kept his cool and kept going. And then I got to be thinking about what I saw in Jack and what I saw in guys like Tom Kite, Ben Crenshaw, Lee Trevino, and uh, some of the other guys that I grew up just being a little bit younger than, and they all had that. It didn't matter where the ball went. They kept their cool and they started planning the next shot. And then we have a nickname for Tiger, uh, the great Pat McGowan, who's down there at Pine Needles. Uh, We were watching uh, watching Tiger play a tournament together on TV one day, and Tiger hits it over in the trees and knocks it on the green and makes another birdie. And Pat McGowan goes, "That's another Tiger lost ball birdie." And (laughs) it's uh, you know that's the way him and Phil Mickelson play. A little bit DJ, a little bit Brooks. Brooke and DJ a little bit straighter than those two guys. And that's the way they play. I mean, if you hit it crooked, you hit it crooked. You go find it, play it again. Don't get bent out of shape.
1: A couple of things in what you just said, David. You've, you played with Sam Snead. You played with Anthony Kim. Talk about playing with Sam Snead. I mean, I, I don't know that there was a better looking, more consistent golf swing ever than what we saw from Sam Snead from the time he was a kid. Until he was in his 90s, hitting hitting shots to open the Masters. I mean, talk about what you saw from him.
0: Um, you know, I didn't. I, I saw him a little bit in his prime as a kid because my dad took me to a tournament in Chicago, and then I got to play with him in a like a little event, um, charity event thing. And he was he was pretty old. He was about 70, and the swing was all there, and he hit the ball right in the button. And, uh, it was good. You know, I, I know he's a great player. I know he's got a great record. I'm not a Sam Snead swing fan per se. I, uh, I think it's okay. I don't, you know, that the famous Sam Snead squat, everybody makes a a big deal the Sam Snead squat. And I see maybe three players, uh, other than Sam Snead do it. And, uh, so it's like, you know, uh, I, it's not a strong opinion, but it's not the same opinion most other people have. I, 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 Sam had a great golf swing. He's a great golfer. Uh, he was um, interesting to be at the table with. But, uh, you know, as a golfer, golf swing, I saw him when he was 70. So I, I actually didn't see the the specialness of him. What about AK? There's a guy
1: that... Uh... Looked like he was going to set the golf world on fire and then disappeared. What,
0: well, my what, story what do you think happened Anthony, to AK? Well, my story with Anthony Kim was as I was an alternate for the Texas Open. Um, I was probably 52 at the time, so that's like 10 years ago. Yeah, about 10 years ago. And Steve Lowry withdraws, so I get in the term with Anthony Kim. And Anthony's there, and uh, we struck up a conversation because he's already hurt. He already tore the ligaments in his thumb. He'd already done that damage, and um, he was fighting it bad. And he actually had a physical therapist with him in between holes, walking from green to tea, The physical therapist would work with the thumb. So I knew he was, uh, I knew he was in, in in some sort of trouble. And then, of course, he had the, the the Great Ryder Cup thing happen. And then a couple of years after that. I knew he had uh, done his major medical and I saw him at a, a conference and I asked him what's going on. He says, play the way I need to play. And so he had to make one of those awful great decisions that you have to make because his policy was going to pay him about 10 mil if he didn't play anymore. And so he's got this choice. Go out and play and struggle with a thumb that's unpredictable or take the 10 mil and he took the 10 mil and my understanding he plays casual golf does plays fine.
1: Yeah. He was uh, such a great story. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, everyone sort of wonder whatever happened to Anthony Kim and boy, what a, right. what a wonderful golfer he was for a time. And he might, you know, who knows, right. What might've been, but uh, you you can see the the, the, the decision, right. Walk away with ten million. Well, yeah, is that the right but,
0: thing to do? Yeah, Maybe yeah, it is. Yeah, because the thirty-six. Yeah, thirty-six holes. I play with Anthony. I mean, every shot was a struggle with his thumb. I mean, this thing yeah. must must have been really blown out. You know, another guy that had a similar injury in my era was Steve Jones. Steve never really recovered from his hand injury either. So, uh, and I don't know what Steve did with his uh, uh, disability policy. Um, I don't think he did the same thing that Anthony did, but. Um, you know, Anthony, the disability policy we can get on tour is really cheap because the number of people that actually end up using it is very small. Anthony just happens to be the one I know of.
1: <laughs> David, one more before I let you go. And you mentioned uh, a minute ago what a big Cubs fan you are. So I got to get your thoughts on the baseball season. we going to have Major League Baseball this year or no?
0: You know, with each passing day, it's more unlikely. And, it, and I was listening to MLB on the XM radio, and uh, they had the general managers on, and the general managers uh Dan Duquette and uh, those guys, and they frankly said the owners are not in any particular rush here. It's not going to hurt the owners anymore to start over in 2021. So I don't think the owners are in a rush, um, you know, they just failed on getting their last deal put in place? Do I think there's going to be baseball? I think every passing day, it's more and more that there's not. And that's kind of sad, especially because I would love to see the Cubs with the DH rule. That puts Kyle Schwarber out the plate, keeps him out of left field.
1: <laughs> that's right. David, you're a wonderful instructor now. Let our listeners know how they can stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing. Maybe if they're in the San Antonio area, get a lesson from you. And follow you on social media.
0: Well, yeah, davidogrengolfacademy.com is the website. Social media, you mentioned my Twitter. I'm on the Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on um, uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. Instagram. I don't. I don't do very yep. much on LinkedIn, right? In and around New Braunfels, Texas, between San Antonio and Austin. Just remember, your listeners, if they come and say, "I heard you on Chris's show," you practice with Pro V1. Because I've got a oh. secret stash of Pro v one for special guests.
1: There you go. All right. See? We'll have to make sure we put that out there. You're the best, David. Thank you very much for saying that.
0: You know, I uh, when I put this thing together, my idea was I want to give the people that come to my range as close to an experience of practicing as they give me when I go to a TPC course. There you go. When I go to a TPC That's course awesome. even as a retired guy. They roll out the red carpet. I get the Pro-V-1s. I go to the grass. That's what I'm trying to do here.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. David, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. I, wanna, I hope I get the opportunity to get you back on again real soon.
0: Well, just uh, you know, give us a few months to recycle the bad stories, and I'll be back. <laughs>
1: Indeed. David, take care, my friend. All the best to you and your family. Stay safe. We look forward to catching up again soon. You too. See you, David. That's a great David Ogrin, and you gotta give him a follow. You know, at D ogren on uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Does a lot of really great stuff. He's a he's a a heck of a player and and a wonderful teacher now. And and as you heard, a lot of fun. Looking forward to catching up with David again real soon. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on.
0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand.